0: Well, you remember a few episodes ago, I got up at one a.m. for uh, for an executive online roundtable with Singapore, Australia, A and Z. You know, is that is that a common? I think I asked this at the time, Matt Ray. But is that a common bundling? Singapore and Australia?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. then and then I mean, you,
0: do you just do you just like throw India in there too? Is that kind of like its own region? India, no. Singapore. <laughs> so India, India is like its own thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, India is its own thing because usually you, you know like when i moved out here we said apac yeah and then Oceania, if i remember well no 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 that was you um oh <laughs> damn it yeah we say apac because we're we're talking about like singapore and japan and and taiwan and and hong kong and but then um then we started saying apj yes because the japanese like to you know they're off on their own island they they want to be separate sure but uh and then when we're in singapore they usually say like ASEAN. whoa like asia southeast asia nations because uh, you got to oh. have like
0: indonesia yes. in there and malaysia yeah, and vietnam thailand yeah, cambodia yeah, yeah, laos
1: yeah. um do you but, put the philippines in there too oh uh, yeah yeah okay uh, i've okay. had you know a few calls with the philippines um but like india uh it doesn't usually get bundled in because there's so many people there and um it's it's seven hour time zone difference from yeah. uh, New Zealand.
0: Yeah. So there are, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, so there there's a really big gap there. And I is,
0: mean is New Zealand two or three from Australia? Isn't it how many uh, hours is
1: it? Well they, they don't do D S T or maybe I don't know. Oh I've, I've, uh,
0: fuck, I'm I'm gone already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right now, Right now, it's two hours.
0: Can you imagine trying to coordinate a call between like, uh, like is Arizona no daylight saving time? Arizona offset like England, and then like I don't, I guess New Zealand now. Like this would just be like a nightmare. Uh, Like you're just gonna crash production if you try to do that. So
1: yes, right now for me, it's two hours behind New Zealand and two hours ahead of Singapore.
0: I guess I guess why this came up in that one a while ago is because. The, the theme at the the, the one of the, the slices of that online executive call was everyone here speaks English, like as, you know, uh, a lang- a business language. And so like we had Australians and S- S- Singaporeans, S- people in Singapore. And then there were some people yes. in India and it was all, you know, uh, fluent English. Whereas earlier this week, I had another one uh, with uh, Japan, which which was nice. That was fun. And then uh, I had one this morning with Korea, which is also fun. Consequently, I have two versions of of me slow talking through my usual video with Korean and Japanese subtitles. For anyone who's been oh, waiting for that.
1: Have you ever done the uh, the live translation? Yes, yes. Ooh, That's, yeah. you know, because I, I, I did, a, I gave a talk in, in Tokyo uh, a while back and met with the translator beforehand. And, you know, they they were like, are you going to use any euphemisms? Mm. Yeah. i like, yo, what if I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ask me um, after the talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just like, uh, you know, you know, they, they want to know about euphemisms and acronyms and, yeah, you know, yeah. acronyms I, I cleared up. But it was uh, it was an odd experience because, you know, you're giving the talk in front of an audience who almost all of them were wearing headphone headsets. Yep. You know, and then being Japanese at the end of the talk, it was just very polite clapping. And, you know, nobody comes forward to ask questions. And it was just, whew, either that or my my talk. Totally yeah. Bombs.
0: Yeah, that, that was that was a nice thing about the, the ones we had this week with, with uh, people in Korea and Japan is there actually were, I mean, we had a couple of canned questions, but there actually were like a, a good amount of uh, questions from the audience, which like, I mean, I'm sure, y'all have had this experience, you get, you know, you get prepped ahead of time by your people who are in the region that like, people don't ask questions, don't be shocked. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But it was, it was, uh, it was fun. But consequently, I had two more uh, early morning risings. Now, you know, we had an extensive discussion of webinars, I saw some at least one person who worked on demand gen thought it was a uh, good discussion, someone at, at BMC. And I was thinking <laughs> like, wow, we must have done a good job if the a demand gen person is like, spot on. So uh I think I think maybe over the course of the next few months we'll have some coverage of uh virtual executive roundtables and uh Ooh, we'll see we'll see Looking forward goes. to it. Yeah. I've been trying to think of a metaphor. I I, I haven't done this extensive enough research so a lot of this is going to be wild speculation. But like I've been reading up on this whole uh uh you know Google is retaining some trademarks for three projects. You got the you got the Istio, you got the um Angular which I think yep. Angular is like a JavaScript framework for UI yep. stuff. I know our old friend Charles Lowell, big in the Angular community. He's 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 got all the angles. See what I did there? And uh and then they got Garrett, which I think Garrett is for testing or something like that. Now I'd, it's C I C D. Yeah. Now Matt Ray, as always now, maybe Brandon is going to be like a dark horse on this one and surprise us with his domain knowledge of open source trademark (laughs) stuff, but I'm primarily going to rely on you as always for some, some generalization here. But my understanding is that this, a Google formed this thing, the open you up something, and, uh, the idea is we are going to retain legal ownership of the trademarks for these three projects. Which I think I think if I was being all nerdy I would say the marks. But basically those words istio, angular, yep. garrett, and I think that's what they've said so far. And and they're going to be retaining that ownership in the spirit of the most open openness that open can be, uh, and everything. And and for some reason, I mean and I have speculations, but like for some reason, the, the CNCF people—I don't know what the Angular community and the Garrett community—I don't if, if that's even a thing. I'm sure for Angular it is, but like the CNCF people are like, oh, Istio, which is so. Istio is basically like a, a service mesh thing, right? It's like a way to yep. uh, if you have if you have containerized applications that are basically distributed applications of little components that talk with each other over the network, and you got to deal with a bunch of shit for that, and Istio helps you do that, uh, and so like. That seems to be the emerging standard for doing, uh, uh, having all your containers talk with each over each other over the network, and like, I guess the point is there's code in CNCF that is sort of like open source code, but then if if effectively Google owns the trademarks. Now, to be fair, there's a board that has like majority Google people, some ex Google (laughs) person, and as as the as Tim Anderson at the Register put it, three academics. I don't know what I mean, sounds okay, Uh, but effectively Google controls the trademarks. So my understanding of when you control a trademark means that you can control when people use that name, that mark. And the way you control that is you sue them if you don't want them using it. Right. There is no like you don't need if you just wanted to permit someone to use it, you don't have to do anything. You can just like now I remember there's some nonsense back when all us nerds were learning IP back in the 90s where there was some disclaiming of like, well, if you don't actively sue people who are using your trademark, then you lose it or some bullshit like that. But like essentially the only reason you retain a trademark is to sue people who are using it if you don't want them to use it because you don't sue people who are using it if you do want them to use it. Right. It's sort of like it's sort of like if you own a fully operational gun, there's only two reasons. One, you want to sell it to someone else. It's kind of like stocks or two, the final cul-de-sac of a gun is to shoot it. Right. And so like that seems like why you own a trademark.
1: Yeah. Well, you 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 have the trademark to help protect you from other people calling their thing the same name and perhaps creating confusion in. The, the market, the, market. Know, the market of, uh, of ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so th- that's where things got a little strange to me. Cause I, I mean, I, it seems like other projects in the CNCF, uh, you know, they, they are trademarked and I guess Google was saying that they weren't that existing organizations. I don't think they, they, you know, they specifically called out the CNCF weren't doing a good enough job protecting trademarks. Mm. And so, um, Google's path is like well we're going to form this uh, open uh, open usage I gotta get the name right um, <clears throat> the the open usage Commons to manage the, the, the trademarks to to make sure that they're being protected or whatever. Yes. And, and, you know, it looks like they didn't really ask the CNCF, hey, guys, can you do a better job? <laughs> uh, you know, or, you know, we're thinking about doing this. Um, can we count on you guys to do it? They're like, well, we'll just do our own thing with, you know, this heavily Google dominated group and uh, put the trademarks over there.
0: Now, 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 now what that implies is if so if someone were to say and again i'm 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 purposely kind of generalizing because i i don't know all the de- know all the details which if i remember will be my second uh concern uh <sighs> is is if you don't think someone is control what was the word controlling taking care of trademarks well enough what that implies is that there are bat what you consider to be bad actors out there who are using the trademark in a way to basically say I have an Istio thing, but it's really not an Istio thing. Like, it's it's almost like uh, it's only like 95% Istio. Y-
1: y- yes, you could have Istio washing.
0: Yes, Istio <laughs> washing. There you go. And so, so, again, and I'm just trying to validate my, you know, uh, 60% snarky, like, understanding here is, like, the only reason you retain a trademark is to stop people from using the name, right? Like, and so, therefore the formation of the group is because you assume there will be bad actors who will want to use the istio angular and garrett name in a way that the people who retain the trademarks would like them not to use it uh and and which i mean that's that's fine i you know yeah. but and 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 I mean, it, as, know, with,
1: with, we've seen a lot of you know kubernetes washing and and cloud washing and you know people calling things people calling things cloud that aren't cloud you know
0: Oh, if uh, only we but, had a cloud trademark, boy, I would be on that board. we <laughs> uh, <laughs> go yeah. back like
2: a couple um there's a couple things here I think one there's a great discussion and just shameless plug here that I think Matt and I we talked to Adam Jacob about open source yeah. a while back, and I just put that in the show notes and it's a long because he's given this a lot of thought and you know one of the things and Matt you can certainly comment about this is that you know the brand and the the brand in the community are like a huge part of open source right so the idea you know like chef right is fully open source but you can't use the chef trademark you know what you, that yes. is part of the the brand so what i think is going on here and i think the only i think you could say as you were implying kote you could say well i'm worried about someone using the trademark uh improperly or as the register says you know they basically say the the implication is that Google sees commercial advantage in not handing Istio over to the CNCF or another well-known foundation mm, as yeah. must figure that advantage more than outweighs the costs in terms of worsening the relationships in the Kubernetes uh, partnerships. Right? Oh, yes. So there, there doesn't seem to be, I, I don't, you know, and in, in the register, which is often prone to to, to all kinds of uh, interesting takes, Mom's but throwing. that seems like a, a very, I mean, that seems like a very
0: Yeah, yeah. But that, that's uh, and, that's that's Tim Anderson, right? He's the most sane person over there. He's yeah, he's uh
2: <laughs> it was um he's very even I think, field. And, and I was gonna say he and he goes on to say that you know the the technical committee does have some representation from some of the other major vendors, right? IBM and others. Um, but then they you know they really do point out here that the I guess we call it the this new, I'm gonna call it the OUC, whatever that is, is really just you know they really apply. It's basically just a Google board, right? And that Google has full control uh, over that. So, so maybe this is what you're seeing here. Is I would guess is that, and I think this goes harkens back to something we talked about a, a while back. That there was some talk that there was some friction inside Google that maybe they let Kubernetes open sourcing it, putting put them at a just uh, did didn't allow them to take full advantage of all of that work,
0: right? Yeah, and I think right.
2: that was mostly dismissed. Thomas Cor- Corian came out and said. No, 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 we're putting it to an open source foundation. And then this is now that result. But this does seem very, yeah, I you guess know, it's like very questionable, right? It's like you you kind of feel like maybe that original reporting that somebody's in there saying, no, no, it's really important that we own this or control okay, it in well, some way. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. what, that's how GCP is going to do better.
0: Now, now, this was, this is my second thing that I was teeing up is like, there's always a lot of like, infighting and like hidden knife fighting bullshit going on in the open source world and, and, and not well in the open source world and the open standards world. And it's just like, unless I know what it is, it's really annoying. Like, which is to say, like, I wish someone would just like, you know, tell me like who's upset at who and what's going on. Like even, even like, you know, for my praise for like Tim Anderson, right? Like, it's just like, man, I wish he had some sources who were just like, here's an email. Boom. Or, like, you know, here like, and, and some <laughs> well, he
1: he probably does, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and there's some quotes in there from, from, from some people who, you know, it's a single quote or two sentences, but he probably had like a 15 minute call with that's, them. That's and they're true. like, that's true. this is what you could, yeah, do.
0: yeah. And, and, you know, every now and then, uh, you get the information because there's like public emailing lists and everything is fine. Like, wasn't yeah. there, I don't even know which one it was, but I I think it was someone like quit some open source community because they wouldn't rename things from Master Slave or something. And like, you know... There's, there's some, there's some bickering going All right, on. Well, I want to
2: give a, a friend of the show, Kote, here, Chris, uh, I can never say his last name, Chris CTO a. over, uh, <laughs> Chris, and Chris because I mean, I think he gives them some pretty good quote. I mean, here that's, it is. Right. Bad. Bad. Yeah, yeah, know yeah. that Google set up thought. an organization with no details claiming to be solving a trademark issue in open source that doesn't exist given the hundred plus open source foundations using a trademark Istio. That was rejected by the U.S. PTO in 2019. Just bonkers. Sorry, nothing novelier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty good. No, I mean, no. I, I I, I,
0: I think that is good. But like the other, so that part I appreciate. Sort of. For example, again, I don't know what's going on here, but like you know, over the years in the open stack world, it would just be like, oh my god, if we could just have these people like uh, to use a phrase from another podcast world, just like neighborhood stick fights, and just sort of like sort stuff out it would be a lot more efficient, right? Like we don't need to have all this, like, like all this skullduggery and this running around and this like, you know, uh, you know, channeling like Simon Phipps and virtue and all these things. It's just like, God damn it. You're trying to make money, right? These people over here, maybe they're like, you know, Stalmanites and they have another agenda and just like, don't, don't make all these foundations. Just be like, if we don't own this trademark, we can't control people who use it. And our concern is this, or like on the other side, it's like, yes, but we want to have a more open approach and have people be able to implement this. And we want the architecture to be that. So if you restrict us, and again, I have no idea what goes on in the Istio world, right? Like I barely know no, what No, but it I think is.
2: you're right. A hundred percent here. I do think that would have been, I don't know if it was talked about at Google, but it does seem like, you know, the second slide after the, this new foundation slide could have been, Hey, we're just going to state to the community that we're going to retain the, this trademark, Uh, Because we feel like it's in the best sense, the best for our business at this time. Like they could just say that, it would upset people, but it would, you know, I don't know. Even that, even that,
0: using the word business would have been fantastic. And and, and again, again, I want to be very clear by would have, I'm like, I don't know what's going on in this instance. But in in a Scrabble like this, if someone was like, yeah, it would be better for our business if we retained this. Right. Like instead of like whatever virtuous gobbledygook
1: people in situations. But but that's where we are. Right. Right. Because they put out this Istio thing. They got IBM to contribute code to it, to the initial like launch of Istio. It's been out in the open for a while. And now now that they're coming back and saying, well, you know, we're going to manage the trademarks for this thing. The other vendors who have been in this game all along are like, wait, you're doing what? You know, like Oracle and IBM are, are saying, you know, hey, we were working on this, too. And now you're telling us we can't make money, you know, so or we can't call our thing Istio. That's essentially what it's going to be. Yeah. You can't yeah, call yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and, and so 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 essentially Google is telling them this is our business now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I, know,
0: I guess so. so. Right. Right. So so they. I mean, I guess. Yes. That is that is like with, with
1: they, they didn't come out and use you know, exactly the, the exactly exact words, but that's what they're telling them. It's it's sort it's
0: sort <laughs> of like with with eighty con, uh, percent confidence and rhetorical rhetorically accurate deniability for Google. That is the case, right? And yeah. so so it's sort of like oh, I think I know what's going on here. But then Google can always be like, oh, right? Like, you know, we, we didn't say that. And we're just... Which... We want it both ways. Yeah. yeah so right, what right. about
2: some game theory here, right? Because I think the next move is for these the people not Google to then fork this and be like, we're taking it forward. Right, right, right. And, we're, and we want it. And then throwing out a crazy idea. You know what they can name it? Rename Istio? They could rename it Service Mesh. <laughs>
1: Ooh, and then like
2: And then it's just like... That's what we're doing. What are we working on? We're working on the service mesh project right, 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 that right. is based on Istio and it's part of the CNCF.
0: Right, and they could, right? have, they I mean, could like, have. that would be. They could that have would a, be a good move. It would be great. They would have a fact, and it would say, "Question: What does service mesh mean?" And they would say, "Service mesh is Greek for service mesh." <laughs> I,
1: I, I think I think you are probably very much onto something. I mean, oh. because you know, when. You 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 brought up <laughs> you brought up kind of the the Chef open source and and Adam Jacob stuff and you know when we changed our enforcement of trademark we told people like this means we're not going to let you dis- d- distribute you know Chef and call it Chef. You know, we worked with people you know we worked with our community. There's a, a, a you know a, a fairly vibrant you know uh, open source distribution of it. But there's no confusion similar to, like, you know, Amazon's open distro for Elasticsearch. You know, they've got that confusion where, you know, I'm sure Elasticsearch.com people are getting tickets opened from the Amazon side. And they're like, hey, guys, you know, you didn't want to pay us and now you're opening tickets? You know, we didn't want this confusion. So, uh, I mean, you know, Chef, we were pretty explicit why we did it and we told people and, you know, we're okay with it. We didn't... uh, we didn't. We didn't go to the register and say we're doing it because of these guys. You know, uh, <laughs> those those guys. We had conversations with them, um, but but the point is, like, yeah, you need to be explicit because you know you can't have this you know open distro for Elasticsearch. That's a mess, and you know they're going to have to fork it. You know, that's that's the yeah, logical yeah, conclusion. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there,
0: there's there's two other like uh, uh, precedent. To use that word, lowercase p. Like you know, there was the whole uh, Hudson Jenkins thing, where like yeah. when Oracle bought Sun, the uh, the premier, I think still primary CI tool back then used to be called uh, Hudson, and uh, mm-hmm. for some reason Sun owned the trademarks of it, and then uh, and then Oracle was like, I I don't know what happened, but Oracle just like decided to like shit the bed on that one and then well, uh, and, off it too. yeah and, and then so all the people were like fine we'll fork it and call it jenkins and then uh no one remembers what hudson is uh unfortunately so so there there was that and then uh you know on the other to, to play the other side there is the ongoing um like oracle google lawsuit over java and android which like i'm a little more sympathetic i think we've talked about this a couple of times but i'm a little more sympathetic to like Or not sympathetic, but it's a more complicated issue in that, like, can you can you copyright and trademark a Java interface like that? That starts to get like really, really, really fun to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, And yes, and yes, it starts with a K. Yeah. And yes, IP nerds out there. I know there's a difference between copyright and trademark and all of that. But you know that's like saying there's a difference between like a surface-to-air missile and a missile that gets shot from an airplane. It's just like whatever. It's all it gets used tactically the same way in the business world.
1: They're both shooting down things.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know. It is uh, maybe it's great, but but you know it is it is it is weird. And my own my only ask of the community, you know, I I, I joke around with all my expletives and my uh, <clears throat> colorful language. But you know, just be more upfront. It's okay. It's totally cool if you want to say we want to make money here. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right, and, man.
1: And and you know, if 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 you don't want to come out and say that, you could just you know tell your friendly podcasters the backs the back of the stories, and and we can use the uh, what was it the the Richard rules of engagement, and and not yeah. name the names.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. La- lady yeah, we'll Lady House's like... rules.
1: <laughs> yes, we'll be like a certain large three-letter acronym company said and then the people are like hpe ibm i have no idea yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah and you know conversely DHT. you could yeah. also
0: say one of my other favorite strategies you could also say we don't want anyone to make money off of this that's fine too but it's just uh, yeah. i don't know i don't know it's like chekhov's you know trademark like eventually it gets used somewhere is, once, it, once it comes to
1: play. You, you saw it in the first scene when, when when they open sourced it together with IBM and you knew here we are in scene three, IBM's getting stabbed in the back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, it's it's fine. We're all going to be talking about Istio and Kubernetes forever in the future, even if it gets renamed to some other like part of rigging. That's what it should be. Is, is there a rigging project in, in Kubernetes? I I'm, hope so.
1: I'm sure there is. What's, what's Greek for rigging? <laughs> yeah.
0: What's Greek for poop deck? That's, that's what we need. <laughs> there, there's a great, uh, you know, I haven't been able to go see it for a while. I should. But in the Rijksmuseum, there's a great, uh, they have a whole section. And, you know, if you know the history of, of, of the Dutch, it makes sense. But there's a whole little room that's only like boat models. And, and you go in there initially and you're like, what the fuck? Like in the Rijksmuseum. This like premier museum of like you know art, and there's just a bunch of like models of boats, and uh, of course it's because you know the the Dutch are sailors, and uh, but there's one that's like a cross section of a boat, and they've done uh, they've done those little hologram things of like live people, like really small, like a Gulliver's Travel kind of thing, and like you see uh-huh. these people like on the whole boat walking around, and one of them, so to speak, this this you'll see how I shit you not is a guy shitting. Like one <laughs> one of them is the guy sitting on a toilet, just like pooping, and there's another one of people's, you know, scrubbing the deck, and it's a really delightful little. Are, are, uh, little now, model. are they
1: scrubbing the deck because that guy keeps pooping on it? Hey,
0: <laughs> hey. Pro- probably seagulls. I don't know, but it's, uh. it's it's a it's a it's a good model.
1: We are sponsored this week by Strong DM. Managing your remote team as they work from home? Managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs? Meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles. Grant temporary access that automatically expires to on-call teams. Admins get full auditability into anything anyone does. When they connect, what queries they run, what commands are typed, it's full visibility into everything. For SSH, RDP, and Kubernetes, that means video replays. For databases, it's a single, unified query log across all database management systems. StrongDM is used by companies like Hearst, Peloton, Betterment, Greenhouse, and SoFi to manage access. It's more control and less hassle. StrongDM. Manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your 14-day free trial today at strongdm.com sdt, all caps. Again, that's strongdm.com sdt. And we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show.
0: So also in Kubernetes news, uh, Suse has, has purchased Rancher for, as they say, an undisclosed sum. And I, yep. I I saw some estimates from some CNBC piece that it was like 700 to 800 million or something. I I don't know. Sounds great, but uh, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Which which you know, like uh, I hear about Rancher every now and then. That's like uh, yeah. that my my impression of them. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is that they they have a a, a Kubernetes distro that is uh, really quick to get up and running and has a really nice UI. And I assume there's other stuff that's great about it too, but those are the two things that I've, I've, I've heard frequently.
1: Yeah. They, they kind of have, I mean, they, they kind of have like three plays. They have a, a, uh, a manager of managers, right. They've got the, uh, the, the management of, of multiple Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's one of their tools. Um, I think they have, you know, they have their own fairly vanilla Kubernetes that they, you know, they try to run the, you know the the mainline Kubernetes, which you know, if the trademarks work out, they won't be able to call it that. And uh, <laughs> and then um, they they have the the K three S, which is their stripped down version of Kubernetes for like I, edge devices, edge. And IoT. Yeah. Now, now, Matt yeah. Ray,
0: you have special background knowledge in this. Edge basically means robo, right? Like re- remote <laughs> office, no. branch office, like.
1: Uh yeah, well yeah yeah. I mean edge is like potentially not connected to the internet by a good connection right, that, right. that's it, how I, it it, it right? basically
0: so, it basically means a small scale off the internet kubernetes cluster right
1: yes yeah or, or you know sometimes off the internet so okay. you know a lot of times a lot of times when people say edge sometimes they're talking about desktops and laptops because yeah. they're like well you know people turn them off but you don't, pro- you don't but- turn off
0: but probably they mean like they mean like big box stores and warehouses and yeah, like yeah. and like occasionally like missile systems, right? Like <laughs> oh sure, sure. Like, like is know. it doesn't the stealth bomber in twenty twenty four? It's going to run Kubernetes, so that would be a flying edge, basically. But like it, it's sort of like an independent, small scale Kubernetes cluster is what edge
1: yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you might like I think Rancher had said they had customers who were running you know, hundreds or thousands of Kubernetes deployments, mm. you know, And so that's, that's kind of their, their bread and butter is like, you know, the people running a lot of small ones or, you know, uh, in stores, you know, one of our, one of our customers has, you know, Kubernetes running in, you know, a couple thousand stores. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's a common ish use case.
0: I, li- uh, I like so- that.
1: I like that couple thousand stores, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually a couple
2: episodes uh, ago, interviewed Shannon Williams. You know, he's uh, one of the, he's the chief revenue officer. So you can go back and listen to that. But he gave a pretty, uh, I think, a pretty easy, simple explanation. But, uh, you know, because we asked a lot about, we talked a little bit about, you know, K3s and all the things that used on the edge. But I really got from uh, him and an impression from the interview that most of their business was just simply like supporting, you know, essentially helping people stand up Kubernetes and supporting it and keeping it running. Like that's, so this is sort of kind of a throw, and that's why i think you know obviously the SUSE acquisition i don't know it makes a lot of sense like just think culturally you know hey if you want to run the standard stuff and you want help making it run you know this is going like, to to me that's what SUSE is going to give you and so if you yeah you know, what's close to you of course right kote and you know i've been getting a little bit more into tanzu so you know of course you can do all the kubernetes there but you got all the vmware magic go along with it so that's an offering and then ibm you know, you got the OpenShift, which is, again, can do all the Kubernetes stuff, but then also has some other intellectual property in there. So this kind of, I think it does. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for SUSE, right? It, it, it's sort of like, hey, if you just want the plain vanilla, you know, run what's there, try to get it up and running, uh, makes sense. And then, of course, on um, the and then if you're looking for something really, really fast and even lighter weight, you know, that's going to be the K3S. So, I mean, for them, and it, again, it's like this was a lot of the crew that did this, was uh we're familiar um probably familiar with cloud.com right and getting in um in that whole world uh cloud stack if you remember all that he talked about that so i mean you know we talk about sometimes like repeat entrepreneurs but you know these this team has basically done it twice right i don't remember exactly what cloud.com sold for but it feels like in the hundreds of millions and now they've done it again here with uh um, doing it with Rancher Labs, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to work with them on the third yeah. one. If they do it again, I'm gonna I'm to try to get in on the next <laughs> one. So I'm like, this time, this time for real, guys, call me. So, yeah. congratulations to them. I guess is really what's in order.
0: Yeah, yeah. And SUSE, I th- I you know, shamefully, I haven't kept up with this, but I think they're the people who started working on uh, like running Cloud Foundry on top of Kubernetes, or if if not started, like they uh, they did a lot of work on that. So they've got uh, they got that going on. It's exciting.
1: And, and, and as a press releases pointed out they're the largest independent open source company (laughs) so you know they're they're taking that red hat mantle uh for themselves yeah yeah
0: i love asuse they're 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 fun to follow i wonder if they still have all the same people scurrying around there uh the other thing that that as always i was i was you know we talked about this last time and i realized in reading about you know ben thompson's got some like you know, good old, good old, enjoyable, entertaining Ben Thompson like strategy thing going on over there uh, about how well, <clears throat> well, Microsoft Teams has eclipsed uh, Slack in, um, you know, whatever it is the Tao Te Ching, like you know something monthly users or whatever the the SaaS people measurement is that uh, Slack has has gotten the strategic high ground by somehow uh, introducing some sort of unifying social network. And uh, of of Enterprise something. And and he brought up like, like Slack Connect again, which I know we talked about. And I went and read about it and I still don't understand what Slack Connect is. Like it's something that you can make a Slack channel and invite people from 20 different organizations. So 19 other organizations to be in that Slack channel, which to reduce it down to my absurd simplicity again, means that, you can invite people from 20 different domain names to be in your Slack channel and maybe integrate with their active directory or something <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been, um, we're not using it yet. And I, I kind of threw it into our, you know, our Slack support team. I was like, Hey, you guys want to turn that on? And then it was like crickets, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, it's it's a a way to do kind of federated slacks where you can, you know, I guess, fence off, you know, shared access. So you can say, hey, we're going to all hang out in these two channels, Mm, you know, and, you know, don't forget the way, you know, this customer hangs out in this channel or this partner hangs out in these channels as well. So Um, so
0: basically, you know, I work at VMware, you work at Chef, Brandon works at uh, HPE or DXC whichever <laughs> DxC. one it is. I get a mixed up <laughs> three letter acronym Yeah, yeah. DxE, HP. it's all the same thing right and uh and uh so our three organizations could have a channel where the three of us talk about whatever right like we could log into the same slack and uh, well, well
1: we all log into our own slacks we log and okay so then that's it the pushes
0: difference. it pushes out a channel like we have right. we have we have a shared channel In integrating, so there was the Pivotal Slack and the VMware Slack, and there's some old channels that are shared from Pivotal into VMware, so that we keep having those channels from the Pivotal Slack in VMware land. And now,
1: so maybe you already have it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, which is like, (laughs) which is like, uh, I mean, I guess that means you can win against Microsoft Teams, but it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But, but I guess, I guess it also gets to, if if Slack is supposed to replace email, you've got to be able to talk with people in other organizations so that, so you have to have a way for them because, you know, of course you would never want to have self-service sign up to join Slack. That just, that's out (laughs) of the question, but like somehow there needs to be a way for people with a different domain name in their email to join your Slack channel.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, and I think this is very much enterprise trying to make it like, okay, we'll let the enterprises connect. And then if you will, they each own each part of their Slack. So you're doing it the right way, right? right Versus just, right, 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 just right. having you invite, like like you just described, like we've all agreed to join a separate Slack, huh. but no one really owns it, right? So that's that's what, what they're trying to get at. That is some interesting
0: thing. governance, because I think one of the things you always want when you're doing like enterprise governments, governance, also known as productivity killer, is like... <laughs> You want to be able to delete data on everyone's device when you want to delete the data, like when an employee leaves or something like that. But then if you're sharing, if you're sharing that data across 20 different people who want control of it, I wonder if you get permission, if you're sort of like, we need to delete these five Slack messages because of whatever. Like, right. I wonder if that would be supported or it's sort of like only one out of the 20 actually can do it and all the rest of them retain. Well, I think you're getting uh, to like the, the, the even,
2: I think you're even like in the more advanced use cases. I think most of the time, you know, there's sometimes in security, this phrase like know your users, know your users to know your data, right? So so maybe make it more simple. It's just, hey, if I'm the CISO and I run this, it's like, it's important to me know that I need to know that you're talking to this other company yeah. and I have some visibility into it. Now, whether or not I'm, I'm even going to get to the point of deleting stuff, is probably that's like a whole nother thing. But at least I know where it is. I can monitor it and you know, and right. have some control. And I can, you know, back to the an audit. I can show my auditors, here's how we have control over understanding how this relationship between two companies is being managed, versus the other thing of like if I just send you a note, like, hey, join my Slack at my company, right now we're in the shadow IT world, right? The the scary world of like, well, now you know if i'm the ciso of your company i don't know you're doing it i don't have any visibility that and makes so me nervous I, just I have thinking to be about concerned. it yeah, yeah. so yeah. so
0: I, I guess i guess if you had this feature cuz basically if you wanted to like be competitive with microsoft teams you would just fully integrate team you would like make it so the two things were the same right like like uh like you know we've got these multi well, at some point in the internet world uh, we had multiple IM things, but you could just get one client to talk with all of them. Yeah, it was it it was, yeah. it was a great time. It was very yeah. enjoyable. It was productive. I loved it. It was good. You didn't have to have like a SIM card just to sign up for a fucking like IM system. It was nice. Uh, so I guess like if at some point like Slack could just like work as a team's channel, then that would be something. Of course, you know, then what would, you know, the thing when reading his piece that, that I was thinking of is like, well, the problem here is like each force, especially Microsoft, can just duplicate whatever you come up with. Like they can just right. be like, hey, coders, go do that. And so but like, I do
2: think the Ben Thompson article, I don't know. I really think he just missed the mark on the whole thing. Like I, coming back to that, like his idea of like that Teams has overtaken Slack. I, and he actually talks about using both, which surprises me because I, I really think having been in a, uh, IBM was a very Slack centric organization. It's my current job is a, Uh, more of a Teams organization. But, like, when you use these products, they are – the usage is so different,
0: right, Mm -hmm. between
2: uh, Slack. And it's – I think that's what people really miss. It's like, okay, they both have some type of, like, group chat, but – but that's really like saying, you know, they're they're both like have sugar. Like I mean, it's just so different. Like in a a Slack-based organization, the number like the the thing that you would want to see is like messages per user in a Slack environment.
0: Oh yeah. You're going to yeah, see yeah.
2: a users have I would say anywhere from 5 to 10 times the messages if not a lot more than a Teams environment. Just based on the way Teams is, Teams doesn't put chat front and center. Teams has like, you know, again, the video functionality, it would be like saying, um, you know, you could have written the Ben Thompson article the other way and said like, uh, Microsoft beats Zoom, right? Because Teams is as much a video conferencing as it is a chat-based thing or yeah. a file sharing, right? And yeah. it's like really, I don't know, He, I don't think he really understands how they're used in large organizations. And so you're not replicating like the Slack behavior, right? You may have a chat function in Teams, but by no means does your organization work and communicate the same way they would with Slack. Now you can argue if that's good or bad, right? Cuz there's a whole argument too many slacks, too many messages, but you're really getting two different things, completely separate behaviors by installing one of those products.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, we have we have the uh like like you. I don't know if it's Office 365 or Microsoft 365, but it is like every now and then I get to that screen that shows me like all the stuff. And I I was in Microsoft Teams the other day and I just like I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't know what's going on in there. It's like, it's, it's not a, and, and, and the other thing I've been thinking about a lot recently while we're in the exciting, I mean, you know, I think the listeners like this stuff. This is their life is like, there is like, there's some of, there's some sort of like, who's the medium is the message guy, McLaughlin? No, that's someone McClure. else. McClure. Another, another. No, McClure Yeah. Yeah. There's some sort of like medium is the message thing where like in Google docs, it's all in the web browser except some absurd little file that you click on it and it opens it in Chrome, right? Whereas in like I don't even know what to call it, in in OneDrive, in Office three sixty five, there's actually a word file on your disk. And yep. it's very like there's something very different. Going, there's something yeah. going on with that. And then of course, like, oh my god, the the web UI is a, is uh you know uh, I celebrate all the effort the developers put in t- to making that functional. <laughs> it looks like a lot of work, uh, well, and it, um, it's
1: because they couldn't use Angular. Yeah, hey.
0: <laughs> but you're hitting on it,
2: Kote, I think what you're hitting on, like, because like remote uh, collaborative editing is just innate inside a Google Doc, right? It just happens. It works. It's why you use it. It's super easy, right? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now. Creating a document with that's a very complicated template. Maybe it's a statement of work. Maybe it's a proposal. It has to have the certain fonts, and you know, it has been through a lot of legal stuff. And maybe even has to be printed. Ultimately, that I mean, that's the world of Microsoft Word, right? Word is very good at that, and like passing those templates around. Like if you're in that situation, makes a lot of sense. And I think, like the behavior to your point, like the way that you use the tools is much different. It's much less likely. You gravitate toward collaborative editing in the Microsoft Office three sixty five Word web browser it is very difficult, right? And, and I think just and to be fair about it, it, I think it is often if you need a bunch of stuff to go through contracts and legal and yeah, redlining, yeah. it's gonna be Word, right? That's what's gonna happen there. So, so to your point about the medium, I, I totally agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know, maybe I. It's also one of these things where like. What, what what do you you know? Never mind data gravity. It's just sort of like user laziness gravity of like I don't want to spend the time to learn what all that stuff is, right? Like I, you know, it's that's a lot of that's a lot of work. And then there's well, there's some other thing called like dash or something. I feel like there's three different ways of like how do I keep up with all this shit that's in like yeah. Office three sixty five. That is, I mean, it is good to figure out to f- like finally crack the collaboration space. Cause like, you know, it never fully gets solved, but man. But
2: I think that you're hitting on it like, like flip it around. Like what about PowerPoint though? You're probably like, I want to use PowerPoint.
0: Or, yeah, right. You're like, this is what is.
2: So that one you're like, okay, I'm good there. I don't really want to go mess with Google slides <laughs> yeah, or whatever. No, I, and, I, I think, know,
0: I think as I said, so, like I finally went over to using Google slides, like right before we got acquired. And so I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Regret it. Yeah. regret it.
1: I even <laughs> I tried to hold out for, for, uh, uh Oh, but where I
2: was going, with that was just like, and I think to your point, like just what you said, like, our, um, and I think this is why Slack is like, it's so front and center and so easy to start messaging. You yeah. know, you don't have, to, you don't feel like you're learning stuff to learn how to use chat inside of teams. You do, you have to take some time to understand it. How to set up the channels, how to get them shared. It's like it's a cognitive load. Whereas Slack is like, oh, I'm just starting to doing it. So so it's back to like you're really like again calling these two chat products and one beating the other is like not really understanding how they're actually what the enterprise yeah, user yeah. behavior is actually like.
1: Yeah. But yeah. that's that's always been Microsoft's kind of forte, right? Is like, look, you could learn something that's better, or you know, there are better tools out there, but this one came with it.
2: I would say it this way. I would say it slightly differently. I would say like if you are someone that wants to like have a heavily uh, chat, texting kind of base culture communication, right? It's going to be very hard for you to replicate that in teams. It can be done. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm just saying you're going to be at a place where you'll be like, you're going to have that moment of like, hey, this is the way I want to work. We should just have Slack, right? It's kind of like the PowerPoint. I get paid to do presentations. I just need PowerPoint. Stop pushing this crap on me. Let me do my job, right? You're going to have that same kind of feeling. Now, maybe the company doesn't want it, right? Or maybe, And again, like you can be in a company that doesn't have a strong chat-based culture that uses email and meetings or whatever, but it's just a different choice. You are kind of making that choice with the tools that you pick.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's like when people want to use keynote and i'm like just don't
1: even don't even get started with that oh <laughs> i love keynote
2: keynote is for your but, personal project sound like yeah, that's yeah. the only Keynote's, time you can
1: use it you gets broken out for all my personal presentations but but uh, but yeah i mean that that's almost like um you know when when you know back in the development days when you would go you know to a shop and they're like these are the tools we use yeah and yeah. you know you you had this kind of bristle bristling to it because, you know, like, well, that's not how I feel productive. And they're like, you know what, we've chosen a standard rather than what will make you most productive. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about teams. Like every time I log in, I'm like, yeah, great. Everyone has it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think to, to to close it out with an absurd thing at the moment, I think I like the word file. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, I don't know. I haven't had to collaborate with anyone. But I feel I don't know. I'm feeling like the the word thing. I kind of like that. And, and it's it's a maybe it's just because it's something new and novel. But it's fun to have this idea of like, here's a here's a document, not like a a fancy like wiki page that I'm typing in.
1: Like, yeah. But when it comes time to collaborate with somebody, yeah, like the collaboration yeah. in Google Docs is so much. Nicer. That's true.
0: That's true. I, I haven't really experienced that 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 much yet so that
2: i would say if you have like four say even five five or less collaborators really working on something i think the file thing will be fine you'll it'll be good you'll feel good if you get above that if you get much above that certainly a past 10 it's just a complete nightmare because they're gonna get some file sync error somebody starts overwriting you and it's just like you just want to go back to sourcing yeah and and, and then my my main
0: concern is like and i'm sure this is handled some way if you do it right is like once someone emails that file, you're fucked, right? Like, yes. like, like, that's <laughs> just, it's just like, I, I, well, there is no way that you could handle all the cases of that. And someone's going to email a file and download it to their personal computer, edit it, yeah. and then email yeah. it back out. And then it's just like, Oh, Hey, okay, so mean, there's I, that
2: I, mistake. I'm mean, going to also, here's a quick tip of the week. Another one is <laughs> by default, when you open up a, a, a file in teams, right? It'll be editable, which is probably mo- maybe what you want. But autosave will be on, so you may just be reading something and like not really. You know, you may not be hmm, thinking. I'm oh just geez. oh, I'm just consuming this, like more like PDF style. I'm just consuming. I can't do anything wrong. But then autosave will be on. You'll close it not knowing whatever. Yeah, maybe you made some oh. changes. And so, so what you can do is you, when you go in there, you can basically there's a setting that says like no, this that, is like that lock be the, the file the
1: default. Like, like, so, you know, from your I'm words helping. to
2: the Microsoft product managers, my friend, like, I, I, you should <laughs> no, just I, get a warning, right? You should get a warning. Like you can't have, like the auto save default is I could see like a lot of meetings happening around this. Like on one case, you're like, you never want to screw someone no, no, out of that, losing that, their that's changes.
1: That's not what I'm mad about. I'm mad about the edit by default. Oh, right. Well, right. Cause I, yeah. I was walking a, a new, a new user, you know, someone who was new to Google docs And Mm -hmm. you know, they were like first, you know, they they were also new to Slack. So they they threw a PowerPoint into the channel and somebody said, Could you put it in Google Docs so we can collaborate on it? And then they threw it in there. And then I, you know, then I was like, Hey, can you you've got it view only? Can you go in and turn on comments? And what they did was they made it editable. And then I was like, No, 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 you don't want to do that. You know, because then first off, you're new to Google Docs, and you know you're gonna you're gonna have to go and figure out how that edit history stuff works and nobody wants to go in there. What Ooh. you want what you want is the little comment windows where you're like, all right. And you hit the little check, you know, for whether or not you want to accept it or you know, report back in your commentary. And you know, I walk them through that and they're like, oh, that works pretty well. And so, you know, four or five of us hit up this same PowerPoint slide deck and it, it was okay. Right. But can you imagine if we'd been emailing that thing around and it would have been like, you know, dash zero one dot you know matt ray's copy hold on let me jump
2: in here matt ray not only can i can i imagine it i i could i have pretty it's pretty easy it's not yeah. i'd
1: say
0: i think it's a little are you, are you saying for me. no imagination required uh, <laughs> Yeah.
2: hold on let me just open up my outlook real fast to so get some uh, current examples i'm very familiar with this
0: uh, yeah you know yeah. i think i think i think we could do it that we should start sending around a talk that is basically how to do collaborative document editing right because i think I think, I think this is, this is a skill that most people do not have. And, and by do not have, what I mean is like, it's, it's, it's like a tabs versus spaces, like code, code spacing type of thing, where it's like, you should at least be aware that there are systems for doing this and like pick a system. Right. So like, (laughs) like for example, what you just, you know, I hadn't really even thought about it, but like, I go through this exercise in my head all the time is like, when I share this document with someone. I want them to leave comments but not be able to edit it, right? Whereas yes. I think what most people do, as, as you're just saying, is, like, they just turn on editing. And you're like, no, 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 no. That's not – like, And in fact, I, I love the – in I love the <laughs> – I love these productivity tools. Like, in Google Docs, my favorite one is, like, the uh, comments and suggestions, which, like, forces the track changes on them. And they can't actually delete, like, the stuff, you know. They, right. it, it doesn't force you to go into their their, like, you know, revision diff thing. And what that's great, right? That means that no one can come and like, you know, poop all over your stuff in a way that you forget what it looked like when it was clean.
1: And that it's, was my point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and it is like, I think, I think maybe for the rest of 2020, for 2H 2020, if we could just get, you know, in these, these post COVID times, we need to focus on uh, productivity <laughs> and we've got to be responsive to the headwinds. And I think, I think if you want to de headwind yourself from the COVID, uh, just, by default, everyone should send out their documents with suggest changes instead of full edit. And I think you're going to, yeah. this is going to be probably 0.01 uh, increase to your GDP and uh, your, your <laughs> CAGRs are going to be through the roof. <laughs> probably. solved. Now,
1: now, now I have a sad epilogue to this story. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: the, the epilogue, of course, is they weren't familiar with Google Slides. They had uploaded a PowerPoint. So they went back and they told me, I opened my original PowerPoint and I hand migrated all the edits. Was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: oh, boy! You know, g- 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 collaborative editing of slides is just that—that's that doesn't oh. need to happen. That's like,
1: oh, it does, it does. No, no, <laughs> I, sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> it needs to happen, but so far I have not seen a way to effectively do it. It's like it's like if Van Gogh had collaborative editing of his his you know pieces. It's just like.
1: Yeah, or whoever uh,
0: makes all those sad clown pictures. It doesn't have to be Van Gogh. It can just be a sad clown. It's, you know, no big deal. All right. Well, there's a couple of other uh, exciting news pieces out there. There's a state of developer relations report. It looks like it's the seventh or eighth. I, you know, I'm no. I know people love developer relations. It's uh, avocados, whatnot. It's good stuff. Uh, and uh, I don't know. There's something about is it Redis or Redis that I haven't read. Looks like things are things are happening over there. Very exciting. Yes. So you know, you know, I bet net net, as it were. What is just net? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're not well, if, 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 no idea. <laughs> if, if, if anyone knows what what the net is between net and net net. Like I don't know what the difference is between those two, but uh yeah you know i I bet probably for all the like like uh nonsense and stuff that you know the the teeth mashing and stuff that happens in the open source world, it probably is still more efficient than pure closed source it's just uh, yes, it's, it's it's probably it's a... the
1: democracy of software yes
0: right uh yes if if we don't hang together, we shall hang apart i think i think it was
1: the i was going for the churchill it's the you know the best of the worst.
0: Yes. I think Lincoln said that too. If if I <laughs> Well, uh, so do we have any, uh, do we have any, uh, anything for the, the software defined talk bureaucracy corner, Brandon, any feedback or anything going on out there? No major
2: feedback this week. Just, uh, as always, if you like a software defined talk sticker, I'm happy to send you one. Cool. Just send me your postal address to stickers no. at software defined com, And I'll be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And, uh, did not have a new interview this week, but I actually think the Adam Jacob interview or the uh interview we did with our our friend Shannon Williams at um at uh where just they just got about Rancher Labs, you know, go check one of those out. Those are always fun to listen to.
1: We mm-hmm. we did have some good follow up from the last episode though. We got uh we got Paul C Z to to make us a burger. Oh,
2: oh yes. Oh, how do I oh that was like, yeah, that's yes. officially in yes. the yes.
0: links. This, this, I think it was within twenty four hours, if not yeah,
2: less.
1: It was, it was like, within like two hours. yeah, it was, yeah. yeah he yeah. was like I'm going to go make some burgers. Yeah, I so make sure
2: everybody knows right, just in time for those of uh you know the celebrating the American Independence here July 4th that he did a fantastic uh how to make a good burger on uh, mm. what he describes like lean meat that is often only available in Europe. We don't have that problem here. We in the in America, U.S. we always have a lot of fatty meat. But I actually learned a ton. Learned a lot of how to use uh, mushrooms in your hamburgers. and yeah. uh, fantastic video. Did you awesome. did you, did you I, see where
0: least... he sliced a cylinder of cheese and put that on top? I was like, oh, that's fantastic. He bought he bought like, like that like... cylindrical cheese and just like had maybe like a half inch slice of the cylinder and stuck it on top of there. And that was yeah. that was amazing.
2: I was gonna say if his uh dev evangelism role doesn't work out, he's well on his way to strong food blogger video youtuber mm-hmm. uh kind of mm-hmm. thing. I mean this is good videos, good ideas, definitely check it out it's in uh I think it's under the nonsense. maybe I should have a whole different area, but he's got there and someone also put uh, the blue label burger blend recipe so so kote, no excuses for you not to make great burgers for your family next week,
0: yeah, yeah, maybe this weekend yeah the, the other the other uh thing that he did well one. He's got that grill that's got the cross grills on it. I don't know what that's called. I'm sure it's got some some name that like it's shameful as a Texan. I don't know, whatever. But it's got like you know, it's got like uh, little diamond cross things instead of just uh, straight. And I think that might help hold the burger in. But you know, he did the thing that I sort of forgotten of, where you like dip a paper towel in some oil and you get some tongs. I can't find my tongs. Mm-hmm. They've gone somewhere. And then you kind of oil up the grill so it doesn't stick.
2: And that, Well, yeah, that. And you it. also had the, it got a, a little education. Uh, I won't explain it here because who cares? i um, probably, but smash burger versus a regular burger. Yeah, that was good. kind of gives you a couple
0: options. It's like, oh, that's good to know too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We need, we need does. to come up with more, uh, Cote's cuisine confusion for, uh, Paul <laughs> to uh, do videos yes. about. That would be wonderful. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, uh, there is, speaking of all of this uh, cloud-native Kubernetes stuff, the uh, KubeCon is coming up August 17th to 20th. Sadly, I won't be able to take a eight-minute bike ride to it uh, in Amsterdam, but it'll be online. That should be fun. I'll be looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned our Slack channel many times. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, you can see a little link in the, uh, the headers to join the Slack channel now. Thanks to no SSHJJ, we don't have to use uh, Slack Connect and we support more than twenty domain names. If you would like to uh, join our Slack channel, uh, we would like to welcome you. Sadly, no Teams instance. We, uh, I think Rock. Brandon might look into that. And uh, we'll,
1: <laughs> I think we're going to Discord next.
0: Oh uh, yes, we yeah. do. We checked out that one. Matt and I were
2: working on that at one point, but it, it sounds like <laughs> everyone already left it. So we missed we missed the wave.
0: Yeah, windows over. Anyways, if you go to softwaredefinedtalk dot com slash two forty five. You can see things that we've talked about and things that we didn't talk about. And uh, with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week?
2: I watched a good series on Stars. Uh, Stars had a uh, like a twenty five dollar uh, six month promo, so I normally don't, but I'm always desperate for stuff to watch during kind of this prolonged quarantine. So I watched this uh, series called The Missing. It's kind of a interesting story, kind of a true not true crime, but just uh, you know detective kind of story but i think the second season was kind of was a little bit better had some fun little plot twists and things like that so if you got time to kill and you're looking for something to watch there's a probably two seasons of the missing on stars check it out
1: how about yourself matt ray what do you have to recommend uh finally catching up on my Brandon recommendations and, and watched uh the watchman hbo series uh quite good um i was a big fan of the comic and the movie was all right and uh yeah the show was really good highly recommend
0: it yeah when, when when they got that new season coming out i gotta see what happens next
1: <laughs> there's not gonna be a second season oh that's that too bad it. yeah done. I, done. I
0: remember that but that was fun to watch
1: yeah yes oh well quite good
0: i mean that's the kind of thing you could do you could do like you know 10 years earlier there's there's all sorts of stuff you could do there but whatever that's too bad. Well, uh, I have I have a little, uh, just a name thing. I think I've mentioned this, that I, every now and then I like to put some cream in my coffee nowadays, which is totally strange from decades of just drinking black coffee. But the thing that I choose, there's this, uh, you know, you got your oat milk. I found this thing, they got it at the Albert Heijn, the Oatly milk, barista edition. And it is, uh, you know, when I was at the co-op, we had the almond milk and the rice milk and all of that was just like, I've, I've sort of like run through my allowance of just like cursing and stuff. So I, I don't have any more, but it was not good. It was that, <laughs> that stuff was not good, but this oat milk is like, it's nothing like milk, right? So don't, don't even set yourself up for that, but put in a cup of coffee. It gives you that nice, like uh very thick, creamy texture to your coffee. And uh, it's good. If your wife is trying to get you to save money on buying expensive coffee beans and drink drink just like the vacuum sealed ground bullshit that they uh, they have at the grocery store. Uh, it makes it a lot better to put that now, in. Now, now
1: does it does it get the taste right or the texture right? Because it sounds like
0: you're think, just getting. the you know,
1: texture I think I think it does both.
0: I think I I okay. have not really tried it on its own. The Oatly oat milk barista edition, uh, and you know, it's one of these things from like the. Uh, the Bragg's and Dr. Bronner's, like, world of labeling, where you just like, shut the fuck up and give me my oat milk. Like, I don't need you to tell me, like, <laughs> you know, a whole philosophy behind, like, soap and amino liquids or whatever. But, yeah, but no, I think I haven't had it on its own. But I think it does add a, a fun flavor, an enjoyable flavor, and it, and it adds a nice amount of viscosity. You know, the way I describe food stuff always makes it sound disgusting. But it adds, like... It adds like a, I like it. It adds a good viscosity to it. You put in some honey and cardamom, like I like to, and it's it's a whole other drink you're talking about. Like it's, it's yeah. Good
1: stuff. I'm I'm a stick with milk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear you. It's not a, I don't. I wouldn't say I recommend it. <laughs> I, I it's just something that I've been enjoying.
1: Like here's something that I've had. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I like it. I like it. But I'm I'm fully well, cognizant yeah. that other people might be like, this is a, uh, well, a little weird.
1: It sounds like uh, we had, uh, you know, we we had our Fourth of July in Australia meal, uh, and uh, you know there there are two of us vegetarians in the family, and my wife was trying to recreate like a, a pulled pork barbecue thing for oh the boy. meat eaters, uh-huh. and then they, the vegetarians got the jackfruit pulled pork substitute, and it looked exactly like pulled pork. Oh, I love and I like it that. Had the, it had the overly sweet barbecue sauce of a pulled pork, but the texture, the mouth feel was like, oh my God, I'm eating, you know, soggy apple.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that, so that's, okay. that's, that's a good follow on to the follow-up recommendation. There's a place here in my neighborhood called Freddy Friday, F-R-Y-D-A-Y. And they have uh they have a it's not a capsulon, like a capsulon's a specific thing, but they have like a fries where you've got like the wonderful, fantastic Dutch fries. And they they cover it with a uh, pulled pork uh, sort of thing. Now, yeah. now this is not exactly 100% the pulled pork you would get back in Texas. It's a little too sweet. Like, as always, when things cross the Atlantic, people confuse that East Coast nonsense with sugar with, like, real barbecue. So it's a little too sweet, but it's about as close as you're going to get around here. It's yeah. very good, uh, the, the the pulled pork fries at the Freddy Fridays. People... If if you're in Amsterdam, you should go check that out. (laughs) Tell tell them that the guy who brings his daughter in all the time uh, sent you and uh, that you'll have a good time. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 245. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye.